Dojo, Dynamite 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 Dojo, with Rich and Ashley. Hey guys, this is Ashley and Rich here with episode 32 of Dojo and Dynamite. It is Sunday, May 31st. Where has the time gone? I can't believe it's June, tomorrow. The time that we've spent in quarantine has gone pretty quick. I don't want to call it a quarantine. Is it really a quarantine or are we just kind of on a self-imposed stay-at-home? It's the quarantine Error right I've been now. calling it quarantine, but people are wondering why the hell have you been quarantined for sixty days? Because it is quarantine. I mean, what are we supposed to do? It's not much open. Not, not much, much to open. do. So we do have a good question today. I got to figure out how to pose this so that we can articulate it the best way. But it was from a friend of ours, and the question is: Should Scorpio Sky have a run with the TNT title? Before the AEW world title, due to his affiliation to the audience as a tag team wrestler, or should he stay strictly against main event level competition? Oh boy, (laughs) we're jumping right into things today. Yeah. I thought it was a great question. I was excited to kind of talk about it. Yeah, it is a good one. Because what's difficult about Scorpio, which is different than guys like Darby Allen, guys like MJF, is that... He's affiliated with a tag team. So the audience gets introduced to Scorpio Sky as SCU. He's been with SCU for a couple of years. So when you're looking at him as a singles competitor, he was introduced as a tag team wrestler. So does he need a run with the TNT Championship? Or should he stay exclusively, when he does wrestle singles, Does should he stay exclusively with the AEW world title? It's a tough one because... Scorp's the man. Absolutely. He's a stud. He's the total package. So, I mean, if you're asking me, just push him to the moon. I just put him in high caliber, high tier feuds. We already saw him against Jericho. We know what he can do. Give him world title shots if he's going to go singles. When Scorpio Sky came out, black skinny jeans, shredded, best look. Total package. Wrestled in his jeans was the best look. Utmost professional. Put strap on him. Love him. But I, I see your point where others may not be as familiar and maybe can't buy in fully. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that he would need the TNT Championship. However, I feel like this belt, as we've said before, can be a good, like, stepping stone to the top level i guess the the bigger question i have is is not about that it's about not what what the question that our friend posed it's more about does the perception of the audience change if scorpio does let's say win the tnt championship he had wrestled chris jericho for the world title he had gotten very close to it he had competed in the world championship ladder match does the perception change where they only look at him now as a mid-card guy if he does win that belt because he was already on a higher elevated level? Or does it work in the same way that you kind of said, 
which was, does it help elevate the title and elevate him to the next level? I think that's the challenging perception here. I, yeah. I would like to see him just stay at main level competition. I agree. Um, but I don't know. It's so tough because obviously we know the TNT championship is not equal to the world championship. The world championship is the, the premier title. But with the rankings, it seems like they are equal. Like, I don't think we have a separate rankings. I I have yet to understand how they're going to differentiate between who challenges for what. So um, until, like, I guess that they describe that, maybe they have. Fan participation. Remember, Ashley? So fan participation. Maybe they have done it. I, I didn't catch that on commentary. I didn't read about that. So... Unless they have differentiated how someone will challenge for the TNT championship rather than the world championship? I haven't seen separate rankings, I can say that much. They're both in the same bracket. Um, But I don't feel like I adequately answered this question, but I feel like the TNT championship could be a way to reintroduce tag team wrestlers as individuals. Like I want to see guys like Scorpio and, and Trent taking on singles ventures in the future and I feel like this could be a good way to I don't want to say it not expose but well it gives a platform to guys like Ray Phoenix exactly guys like Pentagon just gives them a platform to separate from what the audience assumes is a tag team exactly Pentagon is a former impact world champion mm-hmm. I think Ray Phoenix is also I don't I don't don't quote me on that fan participation but I know that Pentagon was because I watched impact and he was the world champion so, but the fans, AEW fans, TNT fans, 8 o'clock Wednesday night... May not necessarily... Associate him as yeah. part of Death Triangle now and as a tag team wrestler. Yeah, so I think if you use the the belt that way, where, again, it's a stepping stone, but it just kind of helps build rapport with the audience. I mean, I guess maybe that's one way to do it, but in my opinion, just like put Scorpio in the world title picture. For, for some reason, when I look at these guys, we kind of classify them together. We, we classify these guys sort of as not John Moxley level, not Jericho level, but not quite Kip Sabian level. But when you look at guys like Scorpio Sky, Darby Allen, MJF, where do they fit in? I think is the bigger question. What division suits them best, at least for now? That's where, these are three guys that I think have come as their up-and-coming risers, their up-and-coming stars that all feel like they have a chance to be something very big for TNT, very big for AEW. And it's not that they can't immediately be in the world title picture, but it's just a little crowded right now, I feel like. It feels like a Brian Cage is here now. Right. So Brian Cage, that that's different. And obviously you're going to use him. We talked about that during the recap. It's fresh. We'll use him shortly. Fighter Fest, John Moxley, Brian Cage. That'll be unique. But what does Brian Cage do? Because I, I think you and I both included expect John Moxley to defeat Brian Cage. That's my expectation as of this moment. So when Brian Cage, when John Moxley goes over Brian Cage, what is of Brian Cage. Where does he fall? And I think he falls right in that bracket with Darby again. Right that guy on the borderline. But we don't really know where they fit. Don't know what to do with them. That's that's where I think this TNT championship can be very important in sort of like equalizing the playing field. Again, I, it's not that it's equal because I don't I don't how can you have two world championships? 
two like men's world championships on one show i don't know that that would work because you'd diminish the aew world championship right well, the roster's starting to fill out because now you got archer what are you gonna do with him now Brody lee lost to moxley he'll be off for a minute he'll come back in a, in a, in a big hurrah i like how they kind of keep them off of television for a minute after they lose the title matches remember we discussed this way back they kind of keep you off television for a minute to kind of keep you relevant, make sure you're not showing up and losing again. So Archer's off, Brody Lee's off. Those two guys, the roster is filling out. When you put it in that perspective, the roster is filling out full of main event talent. But you got Scorpio Sky, Darby Allen, MJF, Archer, Brian Cage, and you have Brody Lee. All guys, I'm not including Cody, Kenny, Hangman, you know, all guys who you kind of got to find a niche for them. Yeah, because two hours once a week you can't have everyone competing for the world championship no it's and just you got, not feasible right and you got joey janelle you got all the tag teams that'll lead into the first part but you got all the tag teams you got joey janelle you got kip sabian well he, i guess he's a tag team now you got sammy Guevara. i don't know what he's doing yet jake hager's still involved the roster's pretty full yeah i don't know it's an interesting question i know i was all over the place but I want to see Scorpio Sky get a singles belt in the near future. I can tell you that much. But as you alluded to just a moment ago, uh, tag teams. Big, big deal on this last Dynamite. So uh, we'll just go ahead and dive into this week's recap. Show opens up, fall out of double or nothing. We get Broken Matt Hardy teaming with the Young Bucks. Versus Private Party and Joey Janela. I thought the match was fine. Hot start to the show. I mean, anytime the Young Bucks are involved, solid B. So much energy. It was. It was fun. It was a great way and to it's open the to show. This point though, I don't want to spoil. Everybody kind of knows it's Sunday, but it's getting to that point now though that the six-man tag team titles have to come into play at some point. There's just too much talent. There's too many wrestlers. There's too many tag teams. We have something has to come into play here. No, I, I do definitely agree with you. Um, as we've talked about many, many times before, this is the best tag team division in the world. I've never it, seen anything like it. It is the best tag division in the universe. I, I have never in my lifetime seen anything like it. And somehow, it got better because FTR is here. So Dax and Cash, they figured out how to drive a truck up to the guardrail. This, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I was not expecting this. I think it's better that they kept it off of the pay-per-view. I agree. I think it gives you a reason to watch a Dynamite. It gets you excited. I think it's an old, they've done it, WWE has done it. Where they surprise entry in pay-per-views, they just they surprise you in battle royals. You, you had Brian Cage, that was fine. It it works. There there is a time and a place for it, but this was much more impactful on Dynamite. Watching so many of the WCWs, you see so much stuff happening on television rather than on pay-per-view. The the Nitros, the Thunders, are more exciting than watching the pay-per-views. Yes, I'm watching the Thunders now. If I'm not mistaken, the invasion or debut of FTR was on the anniversary of Scott Hall's that WCW. Is something, that is something that has been brought to our awareness. Wonderful. Um, but this was uh, extremely well done. You had Marquan getting injured 
Yeah, I hope I hope that was not legitimate. I, don't, I do not believe it was. I don't think it was. I haven't seen. I anything. think he tweeted afterward that everything's cool. So yeah, that yeah, yeah, was yeah. You're story. right. Um, but you know, so he he gets injured, and uh, Cassidy and Janella and, and Matt Hardy take him off, or you know, carry what, him what's out. What's their tag team name? Janella and Private Party. Did, did they did they create one yet? Oh, they had one in the works. Weren't they like Death Square and they like laughed? Death oh, Rectangle no, that was or something. Death Rectangle. They like made a joke, didn't they? About I, this was taking a while one up. Ago. Yeah, they 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 um, thought they were gonna make a tag team name. I'm glad that they stuck to this. Quarantine happened and <laughs> things kind of got put on hold. But, but, I'm, but I'm glad a month later that they've stuck to the fact that they're still a three man group. Hell yeah, because we don't <laughs> history. <laughs> Happens. They don't erase history here, but um, the Bucks are left in the ring and they get a- a- assaulted by Butcher and Blade and crashing through the barricade comes FTR. So I liked a lot about what happened here. Can't do it justice. No, you can't. I, I can't. I-, I don't have words for this. But I liked about I liked what happened here. I was actually looking forward to a little Young Bucks versus Butcher and Blade. I was like, yeah, I was cool with that. I'm like, let's, let's I was like, go. I was like, <laughs> Blade, um, Blade looks ridiculous right now. I love it. He looks fantastic. fantastic. But I, they're they're a group I do really enjoy. He looks like and a fisherman. Putting them in a feud with the Bucks, I mean, that's just. It, I feel like you're immediately more relevant when you're with the Bucks. We may still see it because we I may be, so. you know, feeding the beast in terms of telling the story with FTR and the Young Bucks. We're going to be going to probably all out. Well, listen, if I we mean, get Fighter Fest, we get Butcher and Blade versus the Young Bucks. I'd be excited about that. We thought initially that the Butcher and Blade assaulting Cody was kind of a one-off thing. Uh, that wasn't. So, I mean, it's yeah, it's probably going to lead to something, I would, I, I, I would, would assume. I would love to watch the Young Bucks versus Butcher and Blade at Fighter Fest. But FTR shows up. FTR finally meets the Young Bucks. Finally. Cody says, do you think he knows what I said? <laughs> do, you th- do you think they know what do I said? Do you think they know what I said? Fuck the revival. I don't know if Cody... Cody, I don't... I don't know. But- no, they acknowledged it, I think. Mm. They said... We did. I, I think they said that we did, but they can show him how to drive a truck. They can show him how to drive yeah. a truck. So, FTR storms in, and I, what I really liked is that they kind of hinted toward if FTR would have turned back around... They may have been super kicked. Yet instead, they turned their backs and kept walking. As Jake the Snake said. That you never turn your back on somebody that you fear. Or someone you respect. And he turned his back on Cody. And FTR turned their back on the Young Bucks. And it looks like they've also done their homework. Because if they would have snapped their head back around, they would have been eating feet. It was good. It was well done. It was very well constructed. It was a, it, it felt very big time. It felt important. It felt valuable. Absolutely. These guys were guys. There are some people when you look out on the open, I want to call it the open field of free agency, you look at where people fit. This was one of those teams. These, these were one of those groups that fit in AEW, that they had to get these guys. It fits. It fits. There are some guys out there I don't think fit. There are some individuals who have been released from their contracts that are available, that are free agents, that I don't think fit. FTR, they fit. They feel right being in AEW. Like John Moxley, he feels right. FTR feels right. 
yeah, this this was a huge moment. Um, suspenseful, exciting. My Twitter timeline was exploding. They were welcomed with warm arms. Uh, really, really excited for the future. Um, soon we'll probably be getting FTR versus the Young Bucks and warm arms, open arms, <laughs> warm welcome. Shit. <laughs> It's a warm up. welcome and open arms. They were given a warm welcome. They with were they were open received arms. They were received with warm arms. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> well, warm arms. Welcome FTR. Oh. Uh but soon Everybody was sweat it was a hot day. <laughs> we will rejoice, right? <laughs> Isn't that what they've been touting for a few years? Yeah. Oh dear. Everyone will rejoice. Soon we will rejoice. Soon. Uh, can't wait for that. But yeah, that was a really, really awesome way to start the show. This was followed up by our world champion, John Moxley, being on commentary for Brian Cage's Dynamite debut against Lee Johnson. Yeah, it was short, sweet, and I liked it. Me too. Uh, Taz cut a kick-ass promo at the end. It's surprising to me. Taz did a lot of good work in TNA. People don't remember that. He was part of the Aces and Aids. He was a good voice. Taz was good in TNA. But it's surprising to me it's taken him this long to kind of get a managerial role on a big star, at a main event level star. And I think he's great. He was really, really good. I think his promo, this was an A. I mean... Absolutely. I like bringing Moxley out. I like him sitting on commentary. I like him giving a little piece on... The world championship match at Fighter Fest, having Brian Cage there, having him win the ladder match. It wasn't afraid of him. What do you say? It doesn't matter how many muscles you have. Didn't give didn't give a shit. No, it, his reaction was funny to Taz too, because he's given those like ooh eyes, like doesn't give all a right? shit, <laughs> like because um, he doesn't care. He's gonna fight anyone. But I, this was really cool. Yeah, I, I keep I saying that. Like, this, I, I like the show seeing, started off, started off really great. I I just I like seeing Mox come out and do that role. I like having him involved. Of course, you want to have him there. Brian Cage comes out, just buries Lee Johnson, which is expected. He just won the ladder match. Of he just, course, he just won the poker trip. This was one of those like we've talked about. There's a time and place for uh, a squash match like that, and this is yeah, this that's to be expected. Yeah, I, I like this segment. Thought it was good. Yeah, yeah. no date on Fighter Fest yet, right? No, we, we don't know if it's going to be like a network special, like a Bleacher Report special, or if it's going to be a Dynamite, but we know that there's going to be a tag team championship match. Yeah, so quick note on that. I was uber pissed during the show when they announced that SCU was going to be facing Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc for a tag team championship shot next week. Um, What about Best Friends? Obviously, they clarified they will be competing at Fighter Fest, but that was something that didn't sit right with me. Well, they may not be competing at Fighter Fest against the current tag team champions. Could be Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc no, that they're competing against. Could be new champions. Doesn't matter. Best friends will be getting their title shot. I don't love this idea, though. I don't I don't love that I, we crowned a number one no. contender and then the next night we find somebody who's going to be facing the tag team champions coming up. I, I don't like this. I, I, I think it kind of diminished the win that best friends had. Now there's another number one contender anyway. I, I don't I don't like that. 
I'm I was not happy about this because uh, they didn't they didn't clarify it initially. They just announced that this match was happening, and next week the winner gets a title shot. And what about best friends? Why did we do this? Um, I get you're giving them the match at a bigger show, whether it's a dynamite or a network special. So there's a bigger moment surrounding it, but that was something that didn't make much sense to me. I didn't love it. I'm sure the match will be fine next week. Uh, and it could be interesting because you don't really know what the outcome is going to be, but I'm also excited to watch it. The match will be good. SCU match versus Kip and Jimmy Havoc was good. I like the fact that Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc are kind of getting rewarded in a small sense for their work during the quarantine. Remember, like we said, they filmed it over two days. I'm glad they did it. Match was a solid B-. I mean, it wasn't anything special. It was what it was. I didn't like the whole circumstances surrounding it. Yeah. But we skipped over a big segment. No, we did. We skipped over a couple big segments. Uh, so... After Mox, we had Dr. Britt Baker giving us an update on her injury. Um, she, she thinks everyone is conspiring against her. Yeah, this is the Jericho 98 cruiserweight title thing. It's okay. I mean, listen, 22 years ago, you can go back and do it. It's a totally different situation. She believes people are conspirators. I enjoyed the promo. I thought it was really funny. I think she comes off very natural. I think the way that she talked to Tony Schiavone was very natural. Her hitting him and saying, get the fuck out, was, I, was hilarious. Good. And that's who she is. That's probably what she does when he's in the fucking way anyway. And move. I, I enjoyed it. So I thought this segment, again, was an A. I thought that was a good promo. I thought it was a good conspiracy thing. Obviously, she's getting notes from Jericho, but I, I liked it. No, it was it was really effective. So she's going to be out until All Out. So we've got, what, that's nearly three months at this point. Um, I, I like, you know what, just hold her out. You get excited for the return. You don't have to rush her back. You have a pay-per-view. you got an entire summer. You're going to build a women's division with these individuals that are coming back. You're going to have returns. Big Swole's wrestling next week. So yeah, Swole against Nyla, that'll be cool. Um, but as you had said before, the fortunate thing with this circumstance is that you can do promos like these to keep Dr. Britt around if necessary. She doesn't have to be in the ring at this moment. So there are still ways that they can capitalize on her character should they decide to do so. But taking a break obviously either i don't think will be um a bad thing but after dr Britt's updates we had our women's champion hikaru shida versus christy janes in singles action well this match came off as it was going to be kind of a jobber match and it turned out to be a pretty good one solid b i i enjoyed this match i thought that was it christy jane christy janes christy janes mm-hmm. with an n yes I thought that she put on a great match. I, I didn't expect much. Obviously, she was on dark. I didn't expect much out of this. I, it was a good match. I thought, I thought they worked very, very well together. I was pleasantly surprised. I was very happy with how it, how it went. I thought she, was, she showed great athleticism. She did multiple things I really was surprised to see. It was a good match. It was a B. Yeah, she was really impressive. Uh, I know we're not too familiar with her work, so it was great to see her come out really strong against against Takaru Shida. And obviously this was a few days removed from Double or Nothing, but 
Sheeta went full on against Nyla, so she likely wasn't 100% for this match, if you want to think about it that way. So yeah, this shouldn't you, have been as easy a win. Right, logically, you break it down, she just had a match what, five days prior, four days prior. She just wrestled in a 16-minute street beast, fight. The the toughest woman in this, uh, in this company. So, um, you know, props to Christy Janes for really hanging in there with her, but... Again, Holy Sheeta, our queen, comes out on top. Really excited for uh, what's to come for her her championship reign. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. You got to build somebody else up, I guess, to get to that point, which they do fine. But well, we've got as you hinted or as you mentioned a moment ago, we got Swole versus Nyla next week. Swole versus Sheeta could be a really cool matchup. Yes, I mean something I'm sure is going to be in the works for probably Fighter Fest. I would, I would think so. Yeah. Uh, it seems like they're making Fighter Fest more of a show that's going to be probably all the titles on the line, like a like a mini pay per view, like Bash at the Beach sort of was, like a Bash at the Beach. Yeah. After the ladies, uh, the newly crowned TNT champion Cody came out and uh, basically issued an open challenge for the belt. So, did anybody else feel like Cody talked about absolutely nothing? He starts about Tom Brady, he starts talking about open challenges, he's talking about his mom. I, I I, just felt like this was a promo about nothing. He just walked, talked around. I it, I don't know, I, I, I didn't love the promo, I give it a B. I mean, Cody speaks very well, he cuts a passionate promo. He introduces the fact that the TNT Championship is going to be an open challenge, at least for him. And as Rob said, I saw on Twitter, he wanted to know what was going on between QT Marshall and the Bunny during this segment and how it wasn't really acknowledged on commentary between J.R. Excalibur why this was insinuating or why she's away from Butcher and Blade, why she's talking to QT Marshall. Nobody quite understands what's happening here and they're not really addressing that. So you have that taking place at the same time that Cody's cutting an open challenge. I completely, for whatever reason, I completely expected somebody to come out and they didn't. It's fine to see Cody. I was okay with seeing him. I just don't know what it was about. Don't know if I just was taken away from it. They had the couple of camera cuts. I, I, I don't know. Personally, just wasn't for me. I liked it. Uh, he was, you know, calling out to the, the haters and those who are, who've been critical. And, you know, he's, he's doing this for the fans. And he's going to fight each week. And, you know, put the company on, on his back. Like, he's really done throughout the duration of AEW. I mean, Chris Jericho. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the the, the Bunny and, and QT Marshall thing, this is something that started building around Memorial Day, and I think it's been showcased on Dark a little bit. We, um, I'm a little behind on Dark myself. I didn't listen closely to the commentary, so they may have touched on it. I can't speak to that. Um obviously you had Brandy trying to direct their attention to Cody during the promo. Um, I'm sure this is going to build to something between the Elite and Butcher and Blade. I mean, hey, Butcher and Blade attacked the Bucks. Yeah, and Butcher and Blade, I again, connected to MJF. You have Dustin and QT are connected to the Elite in the sense of the Nightmare family. So, I mean, it's all, it's all interwoven. Yeah, I'm sure 
it's going to play out somehow. But I don't know. It is a bit strange. I, I don't mind it giving QT Marshall a little character, gives Allie something to do. I, I don't mind that. It's just, why is she away from Butcher and Blade? What, what is this What is this from? They're not acknowledging the fact that she's left Butcher and Blade to go do this with QT. That's the issue. Unless it ends up being some, like, underground job. I just wish they would acknowledge it. I don't know. We already talked about this next match, but this was uh, SCU versus Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc. This is where they clarified what will be happening next week and happening at Fighter Fest. The winners facing the winners of next week's tag team championship match will be facing best friends at Fighter Fest. Jimmy Havoc and Kip Sabian get the win, as we already discussed. Something fresh for the tag division elevates them, and we'll see what happens between. It finds them something to do, especially Kenny Kip Sabian. And Hangman. Yeah, we'll see. They they look more united than ever before. They do. They uh, left the arena to go have beer and milk in their hotel room. Uh, this was heading toward the Lex Luger Sting story back in 96 when they were the tag team champions, when Lex Luger and Sting they were best friends, but they really weren't on the same page. And then, essentially, the Outsiders show up, reunites them together, story alters. Page and Kenny Omega, not on the same page. No pun intended. COVID-19 shows up. Now they're united. Just an observation. The segment that followed was the TNT Championship Battle Royal. Jungle Boy gets the win. Uh, I was hoping for Orange Cassidy at the end. Um, I, I think Jungle Boy and Cody is going to be good. It's going to be really good. I, I think am, Jungle I'm excited Boy for that. earned that, deserves that. Battle Royal-wise, I guess, again, I, I always look for a surprise. Didn't really get one, like uh, a return or Billy a Billy Gunn. Uh, Billy Gunn, right. Billy Gunn was... I, I enjoy watching Billy Gunn. I, Billy Gunn's great. But and Billy Gunn's a big dude. Yeah, he really is. You don't realize, I guess, you know, Luchasaurus is a big guy. Everybody kind of treats him like a big guy. And Billy Gunn is eye-to-eye with him. And they're just shoulder-blocking each other. They're running at each other with a head of steam. Two big guys just slapping meat as Big E would say. But match itself, I mean, it was what it was. I, di- I didn't love it. I-, I-, I thought it was full of a lot of guys who you clearly knew weren't going to win. You only came down to maybe a handful of people, which I think is just ordinary sometimes in these types of matches. And no offense to Jungle Boy, no offense to the winner, no offense to the match, no offense to the guys. It made the TNT title feel very mid-card with the people they put in the match. So I'll give it a C. I, I wasn't a big fan of it. Match itself was okay. It picked up at the end. We thought for a minute maybe Wardlow would win. That would have been really cool. Wardlow against Cody I want to see more I, listen, Wardlow, man. I, I, the one thing I do not like, and I will bring this up, is the insinuation that Wardlow could be turning on MJF eventually. I don't... This is too soon. This is not good. This is bad. This is bad. Don't do this. This is too early, too soon. I understand that Wardlow's getting tired of MJF's shit. But this is too soon. You cannot do this. But overall, I think the winner was fine. I agree with Jungle Boy. I think he deserves it. He's earned it. Yeah, 2020's been a much better year for him than 2019 was. And I think we addressed that at the end of the 2020 year, the recap we had. I believe we talked about Jungle Boy. The whole purpose was to kind of build him slowly. He lost, what, nine straight matches? I think he may have had the worst record of 2019, if I'm not mistaken. And, and they built him up at the end of the year to go against Jericho. He had to go 10 minutes with him in the ring. He did that. 
I thought they've been building Jungle Boy the right way. Yeah, I this this will be a really good match. Um who knows? He could win, like you said. Uh Cody's not one that necessarily needs to hold on to this championship for a long time. Should he lose, don't know what will happen with the open challenge aspect, however, but I expect uh I expect big things for this this one. So that was actually the main event match of the evening. Um, the show closed with the Inner Circle pep rally. Again, if it feels like we have not much to talk about, the show was just good overall. It, it tied up a lot of ends. It started a lot of new stories. We're gearing toward Fighter Fest. But this is probably the biggest headline outside of the FTR. Was Mike Tyson showing up and terrorizing the pep rally? But I think more importantly than anything else, it's obvious that the inner circle was kind of had their head down in defeat. And Jake Hager tried to raise them up. Yeah, I was going to say, we can't just jump to Mike Tyson. I'm, I'm, I'm not jumping. Discussing. I was not trying to jump. beautiful poem that Hager wrote but for the inner circle. The, the pep rally from the inner circle kind of felt like a watered down version of the Thanksgiving celebration. Yeah, no, it was it was similar where they're each given their what their shtick, their their bits. To but they kind of feel downtrodden. They're they're kind of what they bring to the the group, and um, it's kind of funny. You look back like six months. They're on the top of the world. They're the world champion. They they have all the. They're exciting, and now they're just oh, and they got to raise the spirits. But the big hurt, the big hurt. Raises the spirits. One of the best poems I've ever heard. It was, it was, it was a masterpiece. And then he stares into the camera and goes all type of taken. taken yeah. <laughs> They're like Jake. You need to relax. Um, no, it was, it was really funny. This is where you can see them shine individually, uh, as much as they are a group. Where, you know, Santana's got the Mark Anthony picture and he's got his little gift basket and Ortiz was still deaf from uh, having his bell rung at, at the stadium stampede and Sammy's injured and Jericho is just Jericho. And it's kind of a way that they, they rebounded. They started yes. out solemn. They rebounded their back inner circles excited again. And then Mike Tyson shows up. Yeah. And I, he was advertised and I completely forgot that he was supposed to be there. This was sort of like, the first Dynamite, where Mox was advertised, John Moxley, I think John Moxley in action, and the whole night we don't see him, we don't see him, we don't see him. Then you get Kenny in the main event with a wild Mox man just showing up behind him, and Kenny's like, oh shit. Yeah, so Tyson shows up, he's got his entire crew, Inner Circle's got their crew, they stare down, Jericho's pissed about something that happened 10 years ago, he has never forgotten. It's so petty, but it's so it's, funny. It's like, so Jericho Yes, to be irritated about something that happened 10 years ago. Don't fuck with and Jericho. He's, and he still shits on Tony Schiavone for shit that happened 20 years ago. Yep. So he gets in this face of Tyson. Tyson gets in the face of him. Mike Tyson tries to rip off his shirt. First of all, he's struggling. The quality of the shirts has grown since the last time he's done this. Nonetheless, though, he did it. He did it. Yeah, I thought he was going to knock the fuck out of Jericho, but he, he got up in his face. He's screaming. He's a wild man. This whole thing is, is intense. It's exciting. And Jericho's going to fight Mike Tyson at some point. Chris Jericho's going to fight Mike Tyson. The locker room 
pours out. They're, I they're love, trying I to tarry, tarry, keep them separated, tear everyone apart. I thought this was really great. And not only was it great. I loved it. Jericho comes out on Twitter and says, I think it was Twitter, and basically says, I've been training in boxing for years, and anyone on my level I can beat. So I don't, I don't know what Mike Tyson's going to have. Oh, no. I don't know what Mike Tyson is going to have in store for me. Okay, Chris. But it's good. I enjoyed it. I gave the segment an A. I enjoyed it. I, I liked the promo. I liked the pep rally. I like Mike Tyson. I think it's exciting. I think all my months now of quarantine, binge-watching WCW, I get excited to see when the guys show up, like Kevin Green, like Michael Buffer, like Dennis Rodman, Carl Malone. I get excited to see the stars, I guess, and I want to somehow see them try to fight, wrestle. So... I want to see Mike Tyson go against Chris Jericho. I don't know how they're going to do it, but I'd love to see it happen. I'd pay to see it happen. Yeah, I was super hyped for this. I know some didn't love it. I think it was very divisive, yeah. to be truthful. It was it was very divided online. People thought it was a complete rip of the WWE Austin Tyson angle. They also thought it was a complete atrocity that they acknowledged something from WWE. Listen... The world of wrestling, things happen outside of the company that, that they exist in, okay? It's not a bubble. And that's what I think AEW has really done so well throughout its its tenure is they they'll acknowledge, acknowledge you know, he came from here, she came from there, he's won this X many times, or, you know, they have a history here, and it's like, the show opens, all right, thank you. The show opens, and they're talking about Jeff Hardy. Right. They're talking about the Hardy Boys and the matches they had against the other individuals. They're acknowledging the fact that you cannot ignore Jeff Hardy. It's it's good. Just because you start a new chapter doesn't mean that the previous one doesn't exist. And I appreciate that AEW again. They they're As not Tony Khan said, he does not us. insult your intelligence. Exactly. That's that's where I was going. <laughs> Acknowledge. You know. When you watch WWE and Shinsuke Nakamura is going against AJ Styles and they pull a, an archive film, they, they borrow the film or they rent the film, they purchase the film from New Japan Pro Wrestling to show you, hey, these guys tangled once. And everybody who's watching, oh, yeah, they not only did they tangle once, they had fantastic matches that people talked about years ago. And they're still talking about to Don't this day. Don't pretend that this stuff doesn't happen. Like, you know, we used to joke when AJ Styles got to WWE... And I think he was facing Kurt Angle, or he was facing Samoa Joe, and we would make the joke because of the way WWE treats it. They've this is the first time, first time you're going to see AJ Styles versus Kurt Angle. But don't you feel like that diminishes your characters, it, your wrestlers? It completely insults everybody's intelligence. Like it's, I, it's so dumb. Do you think that AJ Styles shows up at the Royal Rumble and gets a massive ovation and pop? Mm-hmm. Do you think the people are not familiar with who AJ Styles is and who he wrestled? Right. Thank you. So, again, hats off to AEW for that. Um, but yeah, Tyson and Jericho. That should be very interesting. I want to see it. Maybe at Fighter Fest. What a name. <laughs> Fighter Fest. I guess if they want to charge money for admission for this, I'll buy it. But all out, Tyson, Jericho, if you want to sell it, 
I don't know where it's going to be. They announced All Out at Double or Nothing. We acknowledge that. They did not announce a location for it, but it is September 5th, so we're gearing up Britt Baker's return. Clearly, we already have something. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. But that brings us to the end of this week's recap. Uh, not much New Japan news. Again, Looks like they're going to be getting back to soon doing some shows soon, which is great. Um, but we'll just be on the lookout for that. Yeah, if you, if you guys want to support some stuff, Tomatonga's running a program called Thomas Island. You can donate on Patreon, join the group. He does a podcast. He has pages. He's selling merchandise. He's trying to involve and engage with the fans the best that he possibly can. Check out other indie wrestlers who are also doing the same thing. Support the individuals right now that, that unfortunately cannot perform for you. But New Japan should be back probably in the next two months or so. And we'll be able to get coverage on them and watch some of those great performers. I don't know if they're going to have people in the arena. I think it's empty at first, but... Yeah, empty arena was the plan at first. And then... They're going to get started slowly again. Slowly integrating fans. Um, not at full capacity, but... Hey. And Will Ospreay right now is huge. Heavyweight sex pig, right? <laughs> is that what he calls himself? Well, he's a sex pig. Is that what you're pig. calling him? That's what I'm dubbing him right now. I don't know if, if he's... Um, I want to see what he looks like when he's back in the ring. Oh, boy. Um, no, I miss New Japan, so that's exciting that we'll be getting some soon. So, if you guys have any questions, fan participation, you can contact us, find us, comment at Dojo and Dynamite on Twitter, Dojo and Dynamite on Instagram, Dojo and Dynamite at gmail.com. Again, let us know if you guys want to talk about anything in particular, any questions, anything, topics, let us know. Yeah, and with that, thank you all so much for listening, as always. Hope you're all doing well and staying safe, and uh, thanks for listening. We'll be back later this week with another episode. Thanks, guys.